The Grappling Hour is brought to you by BioPro Plus, the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful anti-aging and hormone treatments. Now you actually are in the middle of an interview with actual said old person. And here's my favorite thing now, in the world. I feel like I feel like I'm trying now from here on out in the interview. I'm gonna I'm like my dad knows I did something wrong. So for the rest of the day, I got to do as good as possible in order not to let him be mad at me. So for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to be as nice as I can to old people, just so you don't lecture me too hard. everybody it is your friendly neighborhood bjj podcast rafa sparza coming to you from the grave i mean not the grave i didn't die but you know i wasn't on air and uh it sucked man yeah it wasn't fun didn't enjoy being sick didn't enjoy not being on air with you guys didn't enjoy not being there for day two of adcc i was watching i was in the comment section of our fight companion that we always do it just wasn't the same and my thanks to all the guest hosts that filled in for me in my uh, death. So, very much appreciated. However, we're back. And as you may notice, the voice is not 100% back. So, if it's a little a little scratchy or a little awkward, all good. Been trying to drink tons of tea. But that's not going to stop us from doing a show. So, a few things before we get to our guest. And you know who he is. He's been on the show before. Double gold. That's all I'll say. We'll get to him shortly. What I can tell you is this. If you aren't... A subscriber, we ask that you go give us an ad, like, follow on all the major social media at Grappling Hour on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all of them. Follow us at all of those places. And if you want to see these interviews before anybody else, that means 30 days before they go up on YouTube, on Facebook, etc. We ask that you become a member on high.page backslash grappling hour. That's right. You not only can get an early subscriber subscription, see them 30 days before everybody else. But you can also see some excellent additional content that we do with some of our friends, including tape studies, including uh, extra episodes of shows that we don't release to the public, et cetera, et cetera. All right, enough plugging. What can I tell you about this guest? He's very impressive. He just won at the ADCC Open, the entire thing. Won at both weight division, and an absolute. was very excited for him to do that. But I was also excited to see him on a little reality show called Who's Next? Or as we affectionately referred to on this uh, show as The Ultimate Grappler. Because it's kind of the same show. Just, you know, grappling, not MMA. And we have some notes for him in terms of kind of the rabble-rousing that he was doing on that set. Coming up, he'll be at Emerald City. But for right now, I want you to welcome back to the show one of the nicest kids in the world, but also one of the young and emerging savages on the jiu-jitsu scene. One, Andrew Tackett. Andrew, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I'm over here blushing, man. That intro is great. Thank you so much for hyping me up. Um, I'm just happy to be here. I'm uh, having a great day, a great week. Training for Emerald City, so my body's a little beat up right now, but... I get to take this next 45 hour to chill and, you know, just talk with you. So I'm excited. 
I appreciate that. Uh, when you say that your body's a little beat up, did you train earlier today? Yeah, I just got done lifting like um, like an like an hour ago. So my I did back. I, you know, back's the best day ever. I love back day. So um, yeah, my, I'm feeling a little bit like like I want to just slouch, but I can't. So yeah, that's a good call. I, I should probably do the same. I'm gonna try and get a little yeah, more let's upright just both, as well. Let's just both sit upright right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm closer to the end of the race than you are, so I gotta I gotta really try and keep my posture as good as possible. Now, okay, so off air, you were telling me that people were coming up to you and they were like, "Hey, congratulations on winning the Open." Uh, I didn't think you could do it. Which, by the way is an absurd thing to tell somebody because a lot of people in jiu-jitsu love taking credit for things. They like being the ones that say, I knew you'd win. I don't even want to do that. I knew you would do well, but I thought it was pretty fantastic that you won both your weight and the open. So when did you know you were going to do that? And what kind of prep went into that kind of a big tournament? Well, you know, it was mainly just the same prep that was going on for my brother. Um, as if you guys don't know, you know, William, he was injured all training camp. So he didn't, he didn't roll once. He just didn't roll all training camp. He had a hurt back, hurt knee, hurt rib. So, um, so I was doing a lot of training on my own with a couple of my teammates and drilling every day of William, because that was mainly all William could do was just drill. So we were drilling like a lot. And then, um, mainly what was going into it was, you know, weightlifting like three to four times a week, um, an insane amount of cardio, whether it was swimming a soul bike, running, elliptical, or just, you know, training way too hard. So um, that was mainly all the training that I kind of did for the um, for the ADC camp. My schedule was mainly like wake up around. I don't like waking up early. If the sun is not up and I'm up, that's a bad sign. I have The sun has to be up before I can get up. Like the sky is awake and I'm allowed to wake up. So anywhere from like 8 a.m. to like um, like 9.30 is like a good time that I like to wake up. I'll usually, you know, let my body wake up by like, you know, reading my Bible, you know, listening to worship music or just stretching, you know, loving all my dogs. So just like kind of waking up before I do anything. And then I'll, you know, eat some food, go lift some weights, go drill, go train, come back, eat some food, try not to nap. If I do nap, whatever, but I, I try not to. And because just so I can sleep like extra good that night. And then, you know, back to training, you know, some uh, recovery work at the end of the day, eat a bunch of food and pass out. That was mainly my um, my schedule going into the ADCC trials. Um, so pretty busy, but like not too bad. So it was, it was it was it was a fun experience. I love training camps because training camps really like let me know how I am mentally going into the tournament is if I'm not mentally like, yes, I get to look forward to this training session. Yes, I'm excited to get to this. Um, usually when I'm on that mat and I'm competing, I'm usually like, oh shoot, man, I have to fight this guy. Oh dang, I don't want to fight this guy. But if I'm, you know, good mentally also the training camp, then I'm out there. I'm like, oh yeah, this match is good. This guy's hard, but whatever. We're going to beat him. Like, let's go. So, um, I felt good that whole training camp and mentally felt good. So I knew going into the tournament, I knew I was just going to feel good automatically. And I did, I felt unstoppable. I felt like, uh, like we all have those days. I just felt on fire. So it, it was a good feeling. I'm excited. I, I did as good as I did. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that you said how long you knew that you were going to do it because uh, one of the things that you know is William had a certain amount of time that he knew he was going to be uh, yeah. prepping before he went to ADCC. There's kind of like a prepared sort of a thing. The ADCC Open was talked about for a long time 
but you, when did you finally sign up or, or was it like you signed up a little bit after while you had already been working on it? Was it always in the plan? Where did that come into uh, kind of a game plan for you? So, um, we, my dad, you know, he's on Facebook a lot and it seems that somehow everything's on Facebook before it's everywhere else, which like, I just don't know why that works out, but it is. So my dad was like, Oh shoot, there's a, there's this one ADCC open. It says five grand for absolute. I was like, Oh shoot, I better start lifting more and get bigger so I can do that. I was like, I want to, so I was like, okay, I want to sign up like right now. That was about like a month out. So I had like a solid like month of knowing, um, and preparation going into it. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful it wasn't just like a week out ADCC open. I would have been like, oh shoot, bro, this is this is crazy. So I was prepared. I felt I pre- I had a good training camp, so it was great. That's awesome because I, I I don't know if you saw the clip, but uh, when I interviewed your brother post his ADCC uh, win for uh, the trials, he told me he felt pretty good about his chances. Mm-hmm but he actually thought that your chances were better. And I thought that was such an interesting clip because your brother, everybody knows, beloved, nice. We loved seeing him get that qualification, but he was like, honestly, I was more surprised that my brother didn't end up winning. Did you see that clip or were you aware of his feelings? Right. I, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing that. Um, man, I felt terrible going into that tournament. Like, you know, like, like I said, ACC, I felt on trials, man. I felt terrible. Uh, my, I had no legs. My arms felt like super heavy. Um, I was like tired. I was like yawning all day. Like I had like bags underneath my eyes. Like, man, yeah. Um, we, uh, I, I did a super big weight cut. Um, and I'm not a professional weight cutter. That was like my very first weight cut. And to do like a 30, 32, 30, like some 32 pound weight cut, like my first time was just, you know, my body was not ready for that. And, um, yeah, I just like day one, I felt great. Day two, I was so exhausted. Like my body just didn't recover and I was just like dead. Um, so day two, ah, man, William was like, you're going to kill it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like not believing in myself. I was just so tired, but, um, it was a good experience. I learned probably more from that tournament than I have from like any other, you know, life experience. So I'm thankful for that. Interesting. Do you feel like that kind of propelled you to be ready for the actual open? Because I was watching it. Uh, unfortunately, again, we mentioned got sick during that one too. But when, peace, but. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but when you were kind of transitioning from, okay, ADCC invite didn't happen uh, or the, the qualification didn't happen let's win this tournament. Like, let's show people. This is an actual showcase to show people in that same arena, get that same competition vibe that you're prepping. And it is cool to be working with your brother, even if he's facing some injuries, but you're kind of in this together in a different way. So when that does happen, did you feel like that kind of prep that you had at that West Coast Trials fueled you to even want to win this ADCC Open more? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, for ADCC, like for the ACC trials, I didn't even train like two weeks out. I just like, wasn't, didn't have enough energy from the weight cut. I was just too tired. Um, I couldn't sleep at night. So I was calorie deficient. Like it was just like a bunch of bad stuff. So like, I was just mentally not wanting to compete. Um, but for ADCC open, like I said, like the whole time I was just like, let's go. Like, I'm so excited. Like I'm freaking going to kill it. Like I, I was just excited to compete. 
Um, like 80 cc trials was more like I was excited to get it over with so I could eat, um, which was more where it was at. I mean, listen, if, if I was competing, the food would be a big, big motivator for me. I'm pretty sure they would be like, they'd hold like in a cartoon, like food on a fishing wire to just kind of reel me in well. Pretty sure that's how they yeah. motivate me. No, for sure. I, I was picturing, um, I was picturing like steaks and like pizza like when I was scrapping with Damien, like halfway through our match when we were just like dying, I was just like, I was just like, what, like that one, like, um, that one motivator speaker, like what motivates you? I was like, pizza. It's like, what motivates you? <laughs> Hamburgers. <laughs> and I was just picturing these things as I was scrapping, like it wasn't even the gold medal or anything. <laughs> and I gotta say, I felt like that match with you and Damien was so close again. Like we looked out as viewers to get that experience because every time you guys compete, it's always something fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, Damien is a very skilled athlete and, um, you know, um, man, it was, I look back on that match and I like, see what could I have done differently? And, you know, I shouldn't, I, I feel like I did the best I could. I, I don't really ha have anything else I could have done differently. I, you know, obviously there's a lot of things I could have done differently, but um, I'm just glad of my performance, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that, there's that old saying. I imagine a father looking at his kid. He's like, son, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. As long as you give your all, I'm proud of you. Like, um, So, like, you know, I gave my all in that match. So I look back and I'm like, okay, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud I didn't go out there and, like, accept when he was on my back off the mat. Like, I shook him off and I kept fighting. So, um, you know. I learned a lot and um, I believe that also, you know, that wisdom that I learned from that tournament helped me through ADCC Open. Um, I missed a lot of position at ADCC trials and, you know, my professor, he knows, like, he knows more than me, but he's always like, Andrew, quit missing position. He's like, when you take someone down, hold them. When you pass someone, hold them. He's like, you don't have to go for the submission right away. Like, that's what he tells me. So, at ADCC Open, I feel like I was holding my position a little more. And since I was holding, they were trying to run away, and that exposed the submission um, versus me getting the pass and then looking for the submission, giving them opportunity to escape. So, you know, a little bit more wisdom going into the ADCC Open. And the cool thing is I gained even more wisdom for ADCC Open. So catch me at Emerald City. I might even uh – Uh-oh, uh-oh. All right, all right. You're getting ahead of us here, kid. I, I, I'm, right. kidding. I, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I do love that. Hey, listen, they need all the plugs that they can get. And we're going to talk about your prowess as a first person testimonial guy with your who's next experience. I'm going to get to all that, but I do want to ask oh, yeah. because I'm looking at this. So I'm looking at this backdrop that you have, and we've gone this entire interview without bringing attention to what I see behind me. All right. So I love the neon jujitsu sign. I'll, I'll sign off on that real quick. Sounds good. Yeah. But it's yeah. not just the neon jujitsu sign. If, if we blocked off like that and that, then it was just, yeah, it'd be a little better. But. Well, that's not what I'm talking about here. <laughs> what I'm talking about is the fact that there's a random Nike and a photo. <laughs> okay. So I would probably be a terrible host if I didn't ask what the symbolism of those two things are, because oh, at least the photo is kind of self-explanatory, but I'd like to hear the yeah. story. But this shoe, why is this shoe on there? There's the things I love, man. Like I'm trying to, you know, display my personality. I love jujitsu. I love, uh, I love choking people, and I love wearing nice shoes. So like that's kind of that's kind of me. 
Um, I get that, but there's one shoe up there. So it begs the question. Should I put put two shoes up there? I don't know. All I'm thinking about as I'm staring at it just there is, do you wear that ever? Does that just become decoration? Are there other shoes you switch it out for? No, I wear it, yeah. It it was just like kind of stuck on there a little bit. No, I wear it. It has some wear and tear on it. And specifically, why that shoe is being the display shoe. Is that special to us here on the show? Or are you it, trying it to show it off? The, it matches the photo. It matches the photo. Okay. Yeah, I was like gray and black a little bit. Okay. And also, it's just a nice shoe. I mean, I don't know if, if we have people in the audience that like shoes, but I have a, I'm more of a Jordan's one guy. Like I, um, I like like old fashioned shoes, um, like more like not low, like kind of like skater style shoes. Um, so yeah, I, it's just a Jordans one. I thought it looked good. Um, before I had my blue Jordans up here because it matched the sign, but they're a little dirty. So um, we went to the black and white, the black and gray today. <laughs> well, I didn't know that you had this side of you, this interior designer side of you that's uh, making sure that you show it off. Because I'm wondering if you ever do other interviews and you do have a setting, this has become the office. And I now look at it and I'm like, oh man, are you going to switch out different shoes for different interviews now? Because oh, it's a man, different I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start doing every different, every interview, a different shoe. I'm going to take down this sign right here and I'm going to put a different shoe right there. And I'm going to put the sign maybe a little lower, like right here. Okay. Just so there'll be like two shoes up there. I, I legit, I have to ask now because you're putting yeah. that one up there. You said that you had, you're partial to some Jordans. What is the best pair of shoes that you own? I'd say my, my, my university blue Jordans. I like those ones a lot. Like, they're see. dirty. I'll show you. I'll show you. Okay. They're dirty though. I'd say my, university blue Jordans. those are clean i like those a lot they're they're a little yep. dirty though but um i don't know they just i uh i don't know i just i started getting because i wore sandals my whole life i still wear sandals everywhere i go um but then i got into shoes and i was like dang shoes are so much more comfortable than sandals they're not as convenient when you're going on and off the mat so i always keep Havianas, you know with me in my gym bag but Okay, but has anybody told you this is a very expensive hobby? Like, I'm worried for you. Like shoes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, I only have let's see, one, two, five pair of shoes. But the thing is, I never buy them brand new. I buy them really, really used, and I restore them. So I buy them usually like Jordans are usually like four hundred bucks. I buy them by like one fifty, and then I restore them, which costs around like twenty five bucks. That's how it starts, kid. That's, yeah, it uh, does. I know. It's definitely everybody knows how this story goes. It's it's only a matter of yeah. time before you end up like you win some For nice sure. Emerald City money coming up pretty soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of that prize money you just had at a certain point as these winnings get bigger and bigger for you in your jiu-jitsu career. You're like, I mean, why not new pairs? For sure. I get what you're saying, but um I I like I've pretty much set a limit on myself. Like not, not so much on like how much shoes I can have, but like, um, how much I can spend off of like each winning and like, you know, how much I can like take off, like how much I make a month, how much I make a week. Like I always have like limits. And, um, so it's not like, okay, it's like, oh shoot, can I buy a shoes or should I, you know, do this, 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 you know, this, 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 like what's more beneficial. And usually shoes aren't up there. 
uh, for the beneficial scale. Like I'm like, I already have enough shoes. Like um, my goal was just to get like one shoe of every color, like a black shoe, a blue shoe, like a red one, a white one. And then, um, and then I have a brown pair. So that's it. So, and so I'm, I don't really need any other shoes. So okay. I'm okay. good. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm just going to pitch this out to you because I know yeah. your brother produces content at some point. You'll probably do even more YouTube sort of stuff. There's an audience out there, kid. They love talking about shoes. So if you ever, ever want to give a little, little hint on whatever social media you've got, I guarantee you people are going to enjoy that sort of content. So just no, keep that in the back of your mind. Sho- I know people love shoes, man. It's, it is, I love them, man. It's, it makes my feet feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this. Let's go straight into the ADCC open opportunity. Tell me about how it starts how it feels because you had some great results. So tell me, I don't know if we can really go match by match because it's been a while, but can you tell me some of your favorite highlights from that weekend? Like what are moments that stuck out to you from the competition? I'm just going to tell you right now, I remember every second of it. Um, I remember every freaking second of it because um, one, I was like, very present in the the um the open i was really focused on myself rather than like others like i was like really secluded in the back i was just like chilling the whole time like we had teammates competing and i wouldn't go down there until because we had guys warming them up i wouldn't go down there until they were like fighting and i would like talk to nobody and i would just like chill so i remember pretty much the whole day um but my first match i went against this one kid man he was wearing like yeah, he was wearing like uh just like a literally literally like a like a rash guard, but it was like a muscle shirt rash guard. So I was like, oh, and then he was wearing like basketball shorts. And I was like, okay, this kid's either really bad or he's very good. I was like, there's one of these two. Man, he was like some sort of gymnastics guy. He was so freakishly strong. Um I remember I passed his guard and he put me in a buggy choke. And I was just like, no way. I was like, I am not getting spin in this. So I like, I just like started shaking him. I started like sticking my fingers in his nose. Like I was just like doing anything I could to get him off of me. Um, so I got him off me and then, you know, I ended up was able to um, I actually put him in a reverse triangle and I had him in a straight arm lock and I was bridging the heck out of his arm and it was popping. It was even doing the crunching, like tearing noise and he was just not tapping and I didn't have the strength to like break his arm. So um, I had to let go of that, and I ended up taking him back and choking him. And when I choked him, his teeth went into my arm, and my arm was, like, bleeding because I was choking his face rather than, like, his neck. And I was just like, oh, shoot. I was like, that was pretty mean. Um, So I was feeling a little bit, like, happy but kind of, like, disappointed in myself that I just choked his face. Um, But it's all right. Second match, um, let's see. What was my second match? Oh, yeah. So my second match, um, I went against this one guy. He was uh, he was a very good wrestler. Like, everyone from my team was like, okay, guys, be, be careful, Andrew. This guy's a really good wrestler. We know this guy. He's been taking everyone down the tournament. Um, his first match, he just freaking slammed the guy. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't know why you guys told me that. Because now it's kind of getting in my head a little bit. Like, I don't like knowing about my opponents. So I started, like, going. Um, I actually took him down, like, right away. And I was like, oh, shoot. You're not that good as I thought. So then, but then he actually was, I think I just caught him slipping. And then I took him down again out of bounds and I choked him from the back. That was the one where we were like scrambling out of bounds. Um, and, you know, I choked him, but I also choked his face with the same arm in the same spot. So it like, I w- like same spot teeth marks in my arm. And I was like, shoot, bro, I got like 
two sets of teeth marks in my arm. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty mean, bro. <laughs> it's like, um, so, you know, next match. Um, so like up, up to this point, I was just like, not really happy about the win. I was more just like, bro, I need to like actually finish these guys with a real submission, not just like choking their face. So my, my third match, I, um, the guy was like really slow. He was wearing like an old Brazilian, like shirt, wasn't even a rash guard and like really baggy, like curly shorts and I was like oh shoot bro this is like one of those black belts from Brazil that I've just been training forever he's gonna be good um so he was going like really slow and I was like yeah he's definitely a chill good black belt and so I find triangled him because I knew I knew he wasn't gonna have the reaction time to deal with that and so I submitted him in the flying triangle I was like yes first real submission and that made me pretty hyped my whole team was like let's go so I was feeling pretty good um what was it fourth can i can i hold here for a second yeah what's up what's up yeah yeah so i'm not usually this guy uh to my students to my students uh because you know when you're describing like i have bite marks you know in class my response is hey guys don't go that mean everybody be nice to each other if i see you doing that i'm gonna do it to you when you compete you know like do what you got to do. So when you're sitting here criticizing yourself and saying, I-, I didn't really like those, those don't count. They do, especially if they're tapping. And I got news for you. Your back control is pretty good. I like the way that you attack the back. So when I hear you being a little overtly critical, maybe it's not in the way you want it to have. It's not as clean, but like yeah. it worked. It's just unfortunate that yeah. now you're getting these teeth marks that if these guys went to go commit a crime, you'd go to a police officer and be like, sir, I have a dental record if you want to go ahead and take this. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it. I will always criticize myself because – that's, you know, I've been told by so many people, you never can be satisfied with your performance because once you're satisfied, then, you know, you're not going to be eager to want to get better. You're not going to be eager to, you know, perform better. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always looking to get better. I'm always looking to better myself as a person. There's every area of my life I'm looking to get better. So I'm just, I'm just the type of guy that's hard on myself. Like, I'll be like, oh man, you suck. You suck. And people are like, no, don't do that. That's mean. You can't say that to yourself. And I'm like, well, until the day, you know, I am satisfied. I'm like, I just should keep doing that. Um, but hopefully, you know, I'm not satisfied with how my performance is in Jiu-Jitsu until like the day I die. Hopefully I just keep getting better and, you know, I'm out there. And I'm like, whoa, like I do see myself sometimes. I'm like, okay, Andrew, that was a little impressive. Good job. And then sometimes I'm like, dang, you just choked his face. You could have been under the chin. Like, let me, let me, okay. This is, this is coming from some old person wisdom here. Um, always be in the pursuit of better, better is better, obviously. However, you will stifle yourself if you are overtly criticizing yourself to the point where you're not improving, because it's easy to get down that spiral of not like appreciating what you do. So the real like secret sauce for competitors, in my opinion, is those who can learn how to use losses and imperfections as fuel. And the minute you learn how to do that, your game's going to go to another level. It's just, it's a tricky balance because the harder you are on yourself to the point where it's not within the realm of reality, the less you're going to advance in a way that becomes spectacular, if that makes any sense. 
No, it makes total sense. I mean, I get completely what you're saying. But also, I am very prideful, um, and I'm very hot-headed. Like, I, I will, like, win and be like, I'm better than anyone. Like, I'm totally like that. So I have to, like, extremist myself in order to get myself, like, this much. Like, like I can't, like, say, oh, you know, you get better, you know, improve, you know, focus on the details, but you're still amazing. Like, I can't, like, go half and half. Because then I'm just going to be super prideful. Like, I have to, like, extreme douche on myself in order to like barely douche on myself like does that kind of make sense like i'm gonna tell you right now that's not really a good t-shirt that you want to go with but i think i get the gist of what you're trying to say okay Um, okay yeah, yeah i just i can tell you right now you're in a big upswing the time where what i'm saying will come to really seep in is when you hit a rough skid because yeah athletes when they're on the upside everything's great when they're truly challenged. And let's say you get to 22, 23, and then something happens where you're not winning as much as you used to. You're not the new yeah. kid in town. There's another version of you. There's always another tacket. So there's always somebody that comes up out of nowhere. And what yeah. happens is, is the more, you know how to mentally prepare and be like, Oh, I've been there before. I know what this is. So the swings work for now and use that. And I like that you know that about yourself. So it is well, like, a, a good thing. I don't know. To be I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know, but like I was submitted in an e-bar by Joseph Chan in uh, Joseph Chin in um in what's it called Enigma, and then I was also submitted in an e-bar by um Kyle Chambers, and then I was also submitted in an e-bar by um by um what's his name something like that. He's a wrestler, so. I've like that was like a really down part, like just like getting submitted by Kyle, then like next tournament getting submitted by Joseph, the next tournament getting submitted by that guy. It was like three losses in the row, but the same submission. I was just like, whoa. I was like, oh god, this isn't good. I was like, I was like, I really need to fix something in my game. Um, and you know, I kept like a good. Everybody was like, dang, Andrew, you know, you suck. So like, I kept like a really good like mental state to that whole time. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm learning by these submissions. Like, thank God. You know, I'm not going out by like just in like horrible way. Like I'm getting caught. Like it's never me getting like destroyed. It's just you know I'm being the guy and then I'm getting caught. So you know I was I kept a good like mental state through all that. Is I was like you know okay see how you're getting caught, learn from it, and you know this is only you know you're 19. This is gonna like um, improve. At the time I think I was 18, but I was like this is gonna improve. You know so many so many much years to come because you can take these losses and you can cultivate them and you can absorb them and you can turn them in ways not to get ever knee barred again. Um, so you know I get what you're saying. I'm very thankful for you know every loss that I'm gonna have in the future. You know God's will that I don't have any losses ever to come. But you know I know I'm going to have some. Everyone loses um, except some reason Gordon Ryan doesn't lose, but, <laughs> but, uh, not but, anymore, uh, not anymore, not any, but he yeah, does he, have he some that, used to. that nobody has, cares about at purple and like blue and he, you know, he, what no, I mean? he has some, he has some very, um, I, like if you look at his old matches, he has some very grueling matches where he ended up losing. So like, that's the worst part of losing when you're like giving it your all and then you lose rather than just like getting caught in the submission because you're like dang it you're like i just slipped up versus like man i gave it my all and then i lost but um you know i know i'm gonna i don't want to say i know i'm going to but you know probably i'm going to lose in the future so um just mentally preparing myself you know how i'm going to learn from those situations 
and how I'm going to use that to better myself rather than, you know, um, make myself lesser. And because when you're lesser, um, you have to reclimb the ladder versus, you know, just stop exactly where you got submitted and then use those to, you know, go up two more steps and, you know, you know, just excel from there. But I do also, I am a big believer in like the, like the fire of like a winning streak, like when you win and you win and you win, like you just feel unstoppable. But then like, it's letting that unstoppableness, like, does it get to your head? Or are you still treating it like your first win every time? Um, because some people, you know, they'll go into tournaments and they'll win. And then the next tournament they'll win. Next tournament they'll win. They're just like, wow, I'm unstoppable. Then they'll lose. And they're just like, dang, I am no longer unstoppable. Versus like, you win and then you're like, shoot, oh, thank God I got that. Like, that was just 100% like preparation. Like, that was no, nothing. Next win, you're same thing. Like, man, thank God I got that. Just keeping that humble you know, advancement. So you're never like, so you're never like falling too dramatically. Like you're never like, I'm unstoppable. Oh shoot. I suck. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, again, mine comes from being both a coach for other things outside of jujitsu that were way more mentally challenging. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, uh, for different things that are, that are, are, sure are more are. like physical uh, in jiu-jitsu, like you can exhibit something and you can be really good at it. And there's definitely yeah. a lot of mental toughness that comes along with it. But I had people who were competing in events that had no physical activity and had to be so pristine in their mentality that if you even slipped yeah. up, you wouldn't win. And yeah. one of the things that you learn very quickly is the more that you don't learn how to beat yourself up in a good way is the more you hold yourself back. And so okay. that's the one thing that I kind of like caution young performers especially very talented young performers uh, or athletes is just you're good live in that allow yourself those one or two days to be really upset with yourself but then the moment that you find that thing you're like man i'm killing it like now you'll find your your vibe or whatever it is that gets you into that zone again for sure um but like i mean that pursuit was so much the way i the way i'm learning that is um you know I'm a Christian and like, you know, when, whenever I do something wrong, there's something that happens. It's called like conviction. Like, it's like, like, oh man, you know, I messed up. And it's like, can you either, are you either saying like, oh shoot, I messed up. I suck. Like, why'd I do that? Or shoot, I messed up, but I'm glad that I messed up because I can use that in order to grow and, you know, not messing up from now on. Like, um, and for a long time, like, you know, when I was like messing up and doing bad things, like I would be like, wow, you're so much of a better person than this. You're so much of a better athlete of a jiu-jitsu practitioner. And the weight of that would just like kind of like I would dwell on it too much rather than dwelling on, you know, getting better. And um, but now like I feel like whenever I mess up just in like daily stuff, um, like I'm like, OK, I can use this now as a way not to because I know I messed up so now I don't have to mess up in that again because before I do it I know exactly what I'm doing and I can use that as a way to improve and you know same goes into jiu-jitsu like before you go out on a tournament you're like oh shoot this guy just got two points on me you're like dang it I'm down I'm down I'm gonna lose like now you already lost the match or okay I know what he's going to do if we're in that situation again so now I'm kind of one ahead on him even though he's still up on points on me I can get these points back and now there's no way he's getting those points back on me because I know exactly what he's going to do to get those points. Like just looking at it in more of a, you know, positive way, even when you're losing in a match is a big way to pull you through to the end. Cause like I said, 
when I was fighting in tri- uh, the ACC Open, I felt like people are just mentally breaking. And I feel like that was them saying like, oh, shoot, this kid just, you know, took my back. I'm tired. Oh, whatever. Versus like this kid just took my back, but he doesn't have points on me because we're we're in the ADCC and it's super hard to score points. So I can escape this and I know exactly how he's going to take my back and then using that as fuel. Um, but yeah, I uh, mentally being mentally strong. Um, is just like one of the, I'd say like biggest key aspects in anything in the world. It's like having a good mental game and like a, a, a will to say no or yes and be strong in that is like, oof, that's hard. Very well, hard. we've also seen a lot of that from you in the past year, especially of, of you being able to pull that off. Um, I want to get through the rest of the bracket though. You said that you remember that excellent recall yeah. by the way, on all of those I, things. I do. I, you know what? Do. Listen, if you do remember it, I want to keep going on the streak because you don't do stop remember. there. You go straight through th- with another submission in your next match. Tell me about that. So it was my f- fourth match. Yeah. My fourth match. So this guy, he fought my brother, his first match in the ADCC trials. And yeah, I got to take a drink of water. Okay. It's okay. It's a, it's perfectly oh, fine. But so he fought my, he fought my brother in the, um, the first match of the ADCC trials. And he gave my brother a super hard time. Like my brother, shoot, I don't know if my brother submitted him or not. No, I think my brother beat him on points. And I just remember how tough it was for my brother. So going into this match, I was like, man, this is semifinals. This kid's hard. This kid's tough. He's a good wrestler. I think he was like an ex-Marine or something. So he's a mentally tough strong. Like tough guy himself is in order to be a Marine and stuff. You know, you got to be pretty strong up here. So I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to mentally break this guy. Um, and I know his jiu-jitsu is really good as well. So how am I going to beat this guy? I was like, okay, well, you know, we started the match. He um, he was, you know, gained some really good feints on me and I was baiting on him. I was like, oh shoot, this isn't good. But I was like, wait, 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 don't say that's not good. I was like, you know, he wants to feint on you. So just whenever he faints on you, get ready to go for a guillotine or just, you know, faint right after him. So I was kind of using that as my strategy. Like after his feints, I was, you know, feigning on him or just like trying to get him off his game. And I ended up shooting in, getting a double leg, taking him down, but he got me in a guillotine. I was able to jump sides, come back up, and finish the takedown. Um, it was still in regulation. We stood back up and then, you know, point started. I shot in again. He got me in another guillotine. I like stood up, stood up and shook him down. Um, and then I was able, you know, to stay on top, get my points past his guard, go to mount. And then I took his back and man, I choked his face again. I, t- <laughs> I took his, it was the same exact arm. I took his back and I choked him. And, um, when I, when I choked him, he, his, his lip was like bleeding a lot. So he like bled all over my arm. I stood up and I was like, Oh man, thank you so much for the match. I was like, bro, I'm sorry for choking your face. Like, and he's like, no, man, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, let's go. So he was a cool guy. Like he was instantly nice to me right after the match. Um, and then my finals match was against Joseph Chin. Um, I had like vengeance for him. Like Joseph, if you're watching and you're a great guy, I love you, man. We, we've talked in. Joseph is a friend of the show. So I, I listen, yeah. this is one of those matches where I see the two of you in the finals and I go, good luck boys. This is just yeah. a good match for the rest of us. I like you both. Let's see for what sure. happens. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I, I like had it out for him. So, you know, I lost and he knee barred me. So I was like, I want to beat you. <laughs> so we were going, he pulled guard. I was p- trying to get some passing going on him. He has a very flexible, good guard. Um, I almost passed him once. And then he had almost got me in a really good leg lock setup. 
he stood back up. I took him down out of bounds, but we were still in regulation, so no points. Um, I almost passed him a second time with, like, circling towards his head to get, like, Kisa Katami. But, you know, he was able to defend that. Um, I started noticing he was breathing heavy, and, I, you know, I felt good. So I was like, oh, hey, just keep going, keep going. Um, and thank God, you know, William, being a great coach that he is, he noticed Joseph was a great guard player on his right side, still an excellent guard player on his left side, but his left side was more, you know, easier to pass to. So I was like, okay, William's like, pass the left side, pass the left side. So I was doing that for the rest of the match, and I was having great success with it. It was tiring him out, and then we were in points. He, off of a knee cut, he circled his leg over for, um, whatchamacallit, what is it, for like a, like a, false three I backstepped out of it so now we we're in 50 50. um he stood up so we both had our legs in the air like kind of in 50 50 and then I had the fast reaction I hopped over for like reverse mount and then he bellied down and I took his back and choked him um and it felt great I choked his face I did it was not under the chin either I'm just like I guess that's just my move man the, the face choke but <laughs> it's painful the face choke is painful though but um you know after the match it was you know I was overwhelmed with just excitement it not even just because i won i was like yeah i was like cool i won but i was like yes i submitted joseph like the kid that submitted me so it felt good um but you know after the match joseph was like nothing but kind to me um we walked up to the podium and he was just nothing but like chit chat and being cool with me so um you know it's hard not to like freaking like 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 him because he's such a cool kid um but um you know i'm sure we'll fight again in the future because we're one and one right now and we're so close in body type and weight and everything. So um, we'll probably fight in the future. So I'm looking forward to that because I know now he's going to be coming at me with vengeance, like trying to submit me. So, oof, it's going to be scary. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I got my medal. So as soon as I walked up to the podium, Andrew Tackett, you're on ring five for absolute. And I was like, oh, shoot, bro. I literally just got up here. So I had to, I, the, everybody was like, run, Andrew, run. And I was like, I am not running. I'm freaking tired. I was like, I am walking to that ring, and they're not going to disqualify me because they're just not going to – they're not a GGF. So I walked down there all slow, as slow as I literally could. You know, I ring. They're like, why did you take so long? And I was like, come on, bro. Give me a break. I was like, I'm tired. So I got on my match, and bro, I was not ready for this. I did not want to fight this guy. This, like, 225-pound guy with, like, a mohawk. Um, like, I was just like – swole and just like was sitting there like pacing like getting ready to go on the match and I was just like looking to my left and I look at I looked at my teammates and I was like we about to do this right now and they were like let's go let's go and I was like all right fine we about to do this so I got on the match and he was like hitting my head down was like being real aggressive and I was like that kind of fired me up that like awoken the line back in me so I started like fainting on him and I was able to like faint 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 like Sean for a single leg um jumped on his back but the ref called time even though we never were out of bounds like you have the mat then you have the mat and then you are out of bounds we were like in this mat so we still had like two more mats to go but he um he called time uh it's all right but i ended up taking him down i took his back and man this guy was so strong i was i couldn't submit him the whole round so uh so i just held his back for the rest of the round i like went to mount went back to the back Went back to Mount, and I think we finished in Crucifix. Um, so, yeah, and that guy was so cool, man. Like, I haven't met a big, like, kind of meathead-looking guy that is so nice like that. Like, shout-out to shout out to him, bro. He was so cool. Like, as soon as I raised my – the guy raised my hand, like, he was just, like, clapping and smiling. So, 
I was just like, it was just cool to, you know, be able to fight somebody like that. It's usually people with mohawks and they're swole. They're usually not, not trying to be, you know, organized people in situ like, but they're usually not. They're, they're not trying to be your best friend is usually. Exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Like they're trying to beat you up, but he was nothing but kind. Um, so my second match in the. Absolute, I want to uh, hold again right here. Yeah, so. How did that absolute work? Did you sign up beforehand? Is it that once you win, you're in consideration? Because I didn't know how that works. I mean, we we vaguely know how it works for the big ADCC show. There's a lot of yeah. backstage shenanigans where people get asked. And I know a lot of yeah. people are lobbying to be on there. Yeah. But in your particular case, what happened to the point where it seems like it's a fault that you know, I know things have to move quickly, but okay, you just were on the podium. It's not like you were in the bathroom. It's not like you were at yeah. a concession stand saying like, yeah. they'll go when I'm ready. Like you're for literally sure. on the podium going, seriously? Yeah, no, for sure. That's what I was thinking. I was like, seriously, bro. I was like, come on. Um, so they said absolute was starting as soon as the um, last match in the division was. And my match was literally the last match in the division. So they gave us like a 10 minute break. Um, so that's why it was so rushed. And, and because I was the last match went up to the podium, I guess that was the 10 minutes and they were straight back on um, for all the other people. I'm sure it was, it was a little bit of a break because, you know, they probably had a couple matches in the, that podium started. Um, so now we're into the third match or the second match in my absolute division. Um, who did? Oh, I fought Brailler. So he was a guy that actually was on the the um the reality show. He got smitten by damn in the strength lock. So many people don't know, but Brailler is amazing. He won Nogi Pans, I believe he podiumed at Nogi Worlds, like took second. So he's really good. He just kind of he said he got a little um scared of the footlock, which made him get smitten. But um, man, Brailler and I had a scrap. I took him down. I passed his guard. He pushed me away, and then um, I passed his guard again, and then I was he came up, wrestled up like when I was in side control, and then I got what I like to call the Spider-Man choke. It's like the the rear naked, but from the front, like they're in the, the guillotine, so you go watch out and watch out like that, like 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 that. So um, and their necks like kind of in that area, so I got that on him, and it was really tight, like he almost passed out. Um, so that match, I felt great because I was like, whoa. I did really good against him. Like he's strong, heavy. So I felt good. I felt good. I was like, okay. And then my next match was Jacob Couch. And I was like, oh shoot. I was like, this guy's actually really good. I was like, okay, let's take a more cautious approach. Let's just not go out there and get submitted right away. So he pulled guard and I was just kind of like feeling him out and he grabbed my wrist. And man, when I tell you his grip strength was so strong, like he grabbed like, like cookie jar grip. And I was just like, what the heck? I was like pulling my wrist. And I was like, ah, ah. And I was like, dang, I can't get this back. I was like, okay, what are you doing? Why are you trying to pull away from his grips? I was like, that is not your style. So I started like going after him and like he grabbed my hand. Now just get closer rather than like pull my hand back. So I was just trying to like keep pressure on him. Wasn't trying to do anything rash or crazy and get submitted because I knew he was a lot stronger than me. Um, and I started, you know, he started getting tired. I felt good. Um, you know, that six minutes went by. We went to, over time, um, I knew his wrestling wasn't good, so I just didn't even waste time. I just like fainted and shot. Um, probably should have had a more technical approach to it, but I didn't want him to shoot on me than pull guard, so I just like shot immediately. He got me in a super tight guillotine. He started like grinding my face in the mat. I got a bunch of like 
um, like matte burn all over my face. And then I started like bleeding from my lips and, and I popped out and got my two points because I initiated the shot. And then there was like a minute left in that, the overtime. And I was just like, everybody was like, hold him, Andrew, hold him. I was like, why am I going to hold him? I was like, there's a minute left. I'm winning by two points. I was like, let's submit him. So I started like trying to pass him. And I couldn't pass him because he's a great guard. And, um, and then, you know, the match was over and I won. I was like, yeah. Um, and the reason I was so excited for that is because I avenged, you know, William, my older brother, because William lost to Jacob Couch. So that's why it felt even, you know, it felt even better to beat him because I was able to, you know, get that submission and get that dub back for my brother. Do you wish that you could recover faster from workouts or training? Do you wish you had the same energy, power, stamina, and drive that you used to? Every year after puberty, your growth hormone decreases, sometimes by as much as 50%. And, spoiler, it doesn't come back. It doesn't matter how in shape you are or how good your diet is. Just like death, taxes, and sequels to The Fast and the Furious, they're gonna happen, whether you like it or not. But Raph, how does this affect me? A young jiu-jitsu practitioner who believes he will never get old. <sighs> well, growth hormone decreases can cause poor workout performance, slow workout and injury recovery, chronic fatigue, mood swings, depression, body fat, low libido, poor sleep, and a lot more. Though frankly, if you're asking me, that sounds like plenty. That's where BioPro Plus comes in. BioPro Plus is the first of its kind 100% non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH growth hormone treatments. It immediately replaces what your body is not getting, and it does it naturally without the needles, nasty side effects, or the expensive costs of typical synthetic growth hormone treatments. BioPro Plus is not a synthetic drug, so it won't shut off your natural production or cause you to pop on any drug tests. Wink, ADCC competitors. Since 2009, BioPro Plus was only available through doctors, but not anymore. Now you can get BioPro Plus shipped directly to you. No doctor visits, no blood work, no pharmacy. If you're serious about your training, and I hope that you are, go to BioProteinTech and use the promo code GRAPPLINGHOUR for 30... We're giving them $30 off to our idiots? Okay, it's their money. Go to BioProteinTech and use the code GRAPPLINGHOUR for $30 off. So go check out BioPro Plus today before your competition does. I just want to point something out here and I'm, I'm starting to put things together, which is, I'm not saying I will. I don't think my jujitsu is that good, but I'm now putting together something here, which is that if I ever submit any one of you guys, meaning the tackets, I now realize that there's going to be a chain of the rest of you that's going to go out there to avenge said brother that got tapped. So this is terrifying to me for so many reasons because I like the fact that you came over and you're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that guy's really good. I had to get him back for my brother. And I wanted to make sure he knew that that, you know, at the end of the match, I said, that was from William. Hi. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like literally – before the match, Cody, you know, if you got, you guys know Cody Steele, of course. he like was up to me. He hugged me. He's like, Andrew, I just want to tell you, this isn't for you. Like, if you win this match, cool. This is for William. He's like, think about William when you're tired in that match. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, you need to freaking beat this guy. He said because you know he beat your brother and you got to get him back. He's like, I believe in you. And I was just like, ooh, ooh, we feel the adrenaline pumping now, boys. Like, <laughs> like I was ready when he told me that. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was cool. That's awesome. And honestly, like the thing I think that really makes William 
you, your younger brother, Caleb, all so endearing is that there's not an asshole bone in your guys' real bodies. Like, even when you're silly, you're playful. No, no, you guys, I've seen it. Like, we still haven't talked about your who's next experience, and it's coming. And there's some stuff that you could misconstrue as, oh, look at that. But there was stuff that when I was watching that uh, show, and I don't want to give too much away, where I'd look at it and I'd go, look at that little brat. Look at that little brat, <laughs> Andrew Tackett. That little, that little gooser right there. That dude's putting on some bad news. And again, there's something funny about you picking on the resident old person, which, by the way, is not even an old person. I'm an actual old person. So when you're telling this kid, it'll just like, yeah, I don't know, man. It just sucks that he's so old. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about this when I see him next. All right. We'll get to that. I mean, um, yeah, I knew that was kind of like his. No, we're not talking about that. We're, are we? Are we? we will, we'll get there. Okay, we will okay, go okay. to it. You don't get off the hook just because we still have to do the ADCC Open final match. We will okay. return to it. It's just now you actually are in the middle of an interview with actual said old person. And here's my favorite thing now, in the world. I feel like I feel like I'm trying now from here on out in the interview I'm gonna. I'm like my dad knows I did something wrong. So for the rest of the day, I gotta do as good as possible in order not to let him be mad at me. So for the rest of this podcast, I'm gonna be as nice as I can to old people, just so you don't lecture me too hard. Listen, <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate that, but I'll tell you the real thing before we go to your finals match that made me laugh, which was, you know, everybody has like a narrative or a story that yeah they're kind of pulling out of these things. So when they go to this. And they talk about uh, Cool Rock, if you would, and saying how old he is. They get to Here, a moment. I'm, I'm having a podcast. My son's in my room. Yeah. Right, sorry, that was my little brother. My little brother walked in. It's all right. He knows his interview is coming at some point, so that's not a problem. Yeah. It's it's in time. He's just too young where I, I know I'm going to say something too mean already. Yeah. You have to be no, a certain sure. age before my, I usually interview My people. little brother's a lot more mature than I am. I've heard. I've heard he's a terror. I've heard he's the the next big thing coming. But yeah, I I also he has a lot going for him. I also tend to know that, especially because you kids are such good kids, I don't tend to curse a ton with you guys. I do on my other interviews a lot more. But I like you guys, and you don't tend to do that yourselves. And I know you don't ask that or push that upon anybody. I just try to match the level of the guest. But I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I just know as well, it's not intentional because sometimes I've definitely swore when you guys have been on and I don't care, but I always (laughs) know I'm like, I don't want to make fun of kids. So I've had parents throw their kids at me and be like, let's have you interview them. I'm like, have you watched my interviews? (laughs) I don't think it's a good idea. Wait until they're older or they're at least winning things that are old people things. So anyway, uh, the joke before we go is – when they mentioned how old Cool Rock was, they're like, yeah, man, he's really, he's out there fighting for old people. And then I think on the placard, it's like 32. And I was like, wow. Wow, Flow Grappling. Wow. Yeah, that dude's not even super old. He's fighting for the people who just barely entered Master's Division. He just looks older than what it is advertising. So he, I he laughed my tell, ass off. He wouldn't tell us his age. So none of us in the house knew his age. So I assumed he was like 45. That's kind of what he, he looks like, which is still not. He does look a little older. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I just knew that when I saw you and him and I go, this young kid's going to bully the shit out of this old man. 
Yeah, oh, I mean, man. I uh, so so um, I think it was the thing that first started off start, started off our drama um, was um, the fact that you know as soon as I got into the house, he was like, um, what what did he say? He was like, um, he said something like, oh yeah, um, well, you know, whatever Taka says, like don't listen to him because he's he's the youngest and you don't listen to the young people, like something like that immediately, and um, I was just like. Doing that, I was like, "All right, old man." I was like, "We doing that," and so from the <laughs> and so from the that point on the show, like we kind of made an agreement. I went up to him. I was like, "I was like, all right, we're smack talking each other." I was like, and I just like walked away, and and he was probably like, "All right, I get that vibe." So we just um, totally and it, none of it was staged. We just totally were just like trying to be douches to each other the whole time. Like we were trying to figure out. The, like the things that are the insecurities and the things that bothered us so we could like you know hurt each other and he was calling me like a privileged like white child like thinking that like got to me and i was like i was like mm. i was like i was like did it get to me i was like i'm kind of like happy <laughs> like you're like you're, you're kind of pointing out like a, like a good thing about me so um so the old man kind of got to him a little bit because when i called him old man like he like he, he didn't want to be known as old on the show, I was thinking. So I was just like just trying to call him old man as much as possible. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear it wasn't staged because from my perspective, it looks staged. And it Oh, looked, we're just horrible at smack talking. That's why probably it looks staged. I mean, I didn't say it was good staged. I just said it looks staged. So when I saw it, you know, as somebody who actually works in reality television and who works in uh, television, you know, I can watch those things and go. All right. And so I'll tell you this. We, we're still we're going to get there. I have other notes about that. But the one thing I will say is. As much as I have issues on certain production elements of that show, I was just so happy you all got opportunities because those are very rare things to get submission only matches for guys who aren't Gordon. And to make them interesting, I thought they packaged it well. I thought you guys all got some time to shine. Uh, some of the stories were very well told. So for all my gripes, which are usually intended to be like, I hope you produce a better product, I was happy to see you on there. And I, the weirdest part to me that I don't know that you understand is it's so weird for me to be rooting against you from the way you're presented. Because I was like, <laughs> I like Tackett. He's a good kid. I don't know who this kid is. This kid on here was edited in a way that I'm like, well, D-Bag needs to lose this match. So <laughs> I just I thought it was so funny because yeah. even as I was doing my write-ups or like jokes about the show, I just remembered being like, all right, if he ever sees one of these, he's going to understand that I am writing about the character that appeared on the show, not him yeah. as a person. But there were a couple times when you said something that I was like, oh, God, no. Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, okay, if I'm being like straight up real, like, um, like going through that show was probably one of, besides trials, like a really good learning experience for me because it got me to really like find out like who I wanted to be and who I would wanted to like display myself as and who I wanted to like, you know, apart from my family and apart from Jiu-Jitsu, like what, what's the person I was trying to be and just how I was trying to let you know, bad or good energy affect people and just like, you know, all that. 
So, you know, on the show, like all the people from flow, they're just like, yeah, you know, you're the youngest, be crazy, be, be, be a douche. Like, they're just like that. That's what people want to see. So everybody was like antagonist, like they were like, you know, agging that on. So I was just like, and naturally I'm a little bit, I like to tease people. I like to have fun. I like to be crazy. So, and everything I'm taught from my parents is just like, not like that because that's more so not a good person. So I, I was like, on the show, I really could like let it loose. And after the show, when I watched it, I was just like, oof, that's not really who I want to be seen as. Um, more so, that's not who I want to like, that's not how I want to influence people. Um, so like after the show, I took like a, a good while of just like reflecting on like my self image and just like, you know, my personal stuff and um, just like trying to like, you know, like I was saying, like how I'm if impacting people's lives by my image, like over a camera. Um, so I am so thankful for that show because it was like me, but not me, um, me trying to be someone else. And it's just like, it felt good in the moment, but when I rewatched it, I was like, oof, not who I want to be. So, um, so it was a good, it was a good experience because I had a lot of people close to me telling me like, you know, Andrew, like, that's not you. Like, why were you doing that? Like, come on, Andrew, like, what, what's that all about? Like, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And there's so many people like messaging me like, man, you're fearless. You're, you know, you're bad to the bone. Like you're sick. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, but like, I don't really want to be that. Like, so it was a good experience all around just that whole show and, you know, growing wiser and also just like, you know, mainly that. So yeah, it was good. I mean, I think you also understand when I say I liked the idea of differentiating you as the character on that show and you in person, because I'm like, no, nope, I know. I know what's going on. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm aware of how he is. And I think the one thing that it does give a peek into is the silly nature that you have with those that you're closest to in the way that you roast them, where it's playful and, you know, you really feel like a kinship, like they would be training at your gym. Like it would have to be that kind of comfortability as opposed yeah. to you just showing up at somebody's house and being like, yo, what up? I'm an egg, everybody. Boom. Here's some flour in your <laughs> face. Like it, it's kind of show theatrics for show theatrics purpose and, and yeah. for giving a certain vibe. But for me, it was like, Here's the good news. People are going to get to see your jujitsu in a way that makes them go, oh, look at that match with him and Big Dan. Or even like you as the star of all these challenges, like really fun stuff to see. Like as silly as I even thought a couple of them were, I was like, you know what? Hey, that's really cool that you get to be a bull uh, master. Like you got to be this guy who could yeah. show some fun moments. Um, but yeah, I definitely, yeah. I've I gotten, definitely, I've gotten, I've gotten so much hate for that. Like people are like, so, Oh, you're, you're cruel to animals. Like, <laughs> like, like that. Let me put it to you this way. Which um, is like, okay. Like not like, to, which is cool. Cause like, I'm the type of person that's like pretty strong in who I am. And like whatever people say about me, like it doesn't really like hurt at all. It's like when people are like, you're cruel to animals, you're cruel to this. I was like, it's like, man, but you know what? Like if I was like, look at your life, like I could say you're cruel to so many animals too. Like, um, like that's just a big animal, which can actually take it. Like you squash bugs constantly. <laughs> like like you look at dogs like on the side of the road and you don't help them. Like, like that's a big bull that's like kind of meant to be tossed around for I'm, fun. They, they clean heads. Like I'll tell you this much. I'm conflicted about it because I didn't love it for part of that reason, but I also didn't think you guys invented that challenge. 
you know, yeah. I was like, eh, you know, it's not. We were like, kind of we were kind of forced to do it. <laughs> like, you you are, real. but also there's an element of I try to hold again differentiate like there's what the production wants you to do and choices yeah. that maybe I wouldn't make, but at the same yeah. point, it's part of the show and it's the gimmick and For it's sure. like okay. And then there's stuff that you're doing, which is, okay, we're just doing this. So I don't think for it's sure. necessarily right to hold you responsible for that. That's not even on my my register of stuff. I do know I mean, that. Sh- show aside, I would never go up to a bull and like wrestle it to the ground because that is really mean. Like that bull does not want me to do that to him. And that is against the wills, like the against the bull's will, like very messed up. But like for the show, like. I'm all for it because that bull gets some hype out of it too. Like that's a famous <laughs> bull now. <laughs> but, but the, the thing that I come to is, is that, okay, that's the premise. The kids did it. It's not something I love, but here we are and we're doing it. And then I just look to myself and I go, it's not my show. You know, I didn't make it. I don't have to worry about that yeah. sort of stuff. And you on your side, you didn't decide to do it. You did end up doing the challenge because that was what was expected of you and yeah. you did have some fun moments from it and i think people could kind of look at you and say that so i would hope that people wouldn't necessarily ascribe that to you i don't think that's fair i don't think that's necessary and more importantly it's asking a host of other questions and feelings about it like anybody anytime i see somebody drop something and then like somebody's dms i think to myself what are you trying to accomplish here the at yeah. most i feel like comfortable dming you about in terms of your appearance on the show was that's pretty dumb, but I love it. Good job. You know what I mean? Like that's the extent that I would go. And that's different because we've actually talked. And so I think you know me well enough and my humor to know like, no, I don't dislike you. Uh, No, I don't. I don't think any of this is super harmful. It's just kind of like, what are we doing here? So, all right. Having said all that, uh, I I might have one or two small things to come back to on that, but Let's finish this ADCC final because final, I'll, tell you, okay. I'll tell you how it came into my purview. I was off and on on that day and I was driving and I had to go around and I was running errands. So I'm and like, you were getting sick. I don't think I was sick then. I might've been, but I had gone to train that day. Okay. Uh, I, I taught like a private or something. I was in route home and right as I get home, I'm like, oh, I missed the rest of the thing. No, I didn't. Oh, that's tacking in the final. Oh, hell yeah. What's going on here? And I look down and I see that it's you and Kevin Crane. And I know Kevin as well. So I was like, damn, that's going to be a really good final. Let's see how that goes. And an absolute open. All right. Yeah. Here we go. What happens? So, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, you need to beat this guy. Um, You know, like, he's a cool guy, but he's just like nobody likes him and i was like man he's, he's he seems cool he's like shaking my hand giving me hugs like before the match so i was like i don't get what you guys are saying i like this guy so i went out there with the mindset of just he was another competitor we started the match um let's see exactly what happened when we started oh i went for a flying triangle i went for a flying triangle i locked it he shook me off i went for a plata he shook me off the Uma plata i spun around and blast doubled him from my guard um I took him down with the blast double and I was in top guard. He was able to get back to his feet. Um, so from there on, I, um, we were going, he shot a double or wait, no, no, from his guard, he didn't get back to his feet. He wrestled up on me. 
So I got a guillotine as he was wrestling up, and he lifted me up like I weighed like two pounds, man. Like he lifted me up and just put me down. And I was like, wow. I was like, that was very easy for him. I was like, okay. I was like, next time he wrestles up, don't go for a guillotine. Snap him down, circle to his back. He's obviously way stronger than you. So um, I was able to use the guillotine, get back to my guard. I got back to standing. Um, and, you know, that was pretty much the whole match until this final exchange. I was able to shake, snap him down, get my um, lead side underhook. I got my rear side underhook. I went for uh, like a dummy, like a throw by, and he like fell for it. So then I threw by to the opposite side. And then I instantly jumped on his back. He forward rolled because Cody Cody was telling me, he's like, yeah, when you're on his back, he's going to want a forward roll. So as soon as I got on his back, I knew he was going to forward roll. So I jumped and dove over the top of him. Um, and then I was able to lock up the rear naked choke. Um, this one was actually under the chin, believe it or not. So I, how many rear naked chokes did I get that tournament? One, two, three, four, five. I got five rear naked chokes. And no, six. So out of six of them, I only got one of them that was underneath the chin. Like, let's go. That's that's a that's a horrible percentage. But <laughs> so the last that last match was uh, it felt good. Like when I stood up, um, and the the thing that I was thinking was just like, okay, how am I going to celebrate? And and I was like, okay, am I going to if I win this match, am I going to do like side to sides and like shake my hands? But like, let's go. Or am I going to be like all respectful? And just be like, you know, thank you very much. And I and I, I was I was I told myself you're gonna be respectful if you win. I was like, yeah! <laughs> I totally forgot, man. I just totally like shoved him off of me, stood up and started like shaking my hand. So uh, wasn't a very respectful aftermath, but the adrenaline took over, and I just um, it was a good celebration. So um, yeah, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I, totally I can't really blame you because it's kind of fun, man. You won a really, really good weekend or weekday. It was a weekday, but you, you won a really, really good competition in both your weight and in absolute. And you made it so easy. Cause I was kind of looking around and I was like, I wonder who I'm going to interview from that because I wanted to interview somebody who did well at the open. And then you yeah. made things so easy by going like, well, I just won my weight and the absolute. And I was like, Oh yeah, we should talk because <laughs> yeah. getting to watch part of your matches and then seeing that last one happen live. I went back and watched the other ones before we interviewed. Don't worry. But watching that one in particular live was like I could just see how happy you were. And to have an iconic photo of you gums bleeding, like cash in hand sort of a thing. And I was like, what was that young man thinking? Like what was going through his head as – you have that look on your face that says, I've been through some wars today. Um, so what was going through my head after, you know, I won my finals. Mo gave me the money and I was had the two golds around my neck and I was just standing on the mat. Um, I was more just like overly thankful. Um, I really haven't, that was like not my biggest, uh, it was my biggest win probably so far, but, um, it was more just like, wow, um, I could not have done this without, you know, all the guys that were here supporting me, hyping me up, my, you know, my, my, my teammates training with me. I was just so thankful for everything. Like, I was like, wow. I was like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have one injury. Like I don't have in, any injury except for my mouth. So like, that's pretty, that's pretty dang good. So I was just like super thankful. Um, you know, 
it, it, I was just happy. Like I was walking back to the hotel after that, and I was just like a zombie. I was just like, oh, I'm so beat up. Like I barely could move my lip because it was just hurting so bad. And I had like key burn like all over my face. Um, and then I was like carrying like my backpack and my medals around my neck. And, um, and I was just like carrying groceries back too because I um, wasn't ever in a hotel. So I just like had groceries at the event. And people were like looking at me in the hotel and they're just like, and I still have my rash guard on. And I was just like walking and people were just staring at me and it was the best ever. Like I was like, dang, this is so sick. People are staring at me. I look like probably like such a like cool guy right now. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, I was just walking and um, like people were just like, like literally like, like sitting there just like staring at me. I'm like, you're literally just staring at me. Like try to make it a little more obvious like that sort of stare. So, man, I was just so thankful. Like, I got back up to the hotel, like, washed my mouth out, took a shower, and I just laid down in bed. And I was like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep now. I didn't fall asleep because I was, you know, hype on the match. So, um, yeah, so I just stayed awake for, like, two hours just watching my matches and just, you know, um, I ended up, like, um, like hugging my dad, cried a little bit because, you know, he was so happy for me too. And, um, you know, biggest takeaway, like, after winning that match was just – the like overwhelming feeling of just joy. Like it was, I was just so joyful from it. And man, I, uh, it was great. I just want to win again now because that felt so good. Um, and I'm just so thankful that, like I said, I didn't get any injuries from that. Um, I was like, just, I, it, was, it was great. It was crazy. I'll ask you a question. I think it's pretty straightforward, but does winning that and then seeing ADCC, kind of refuel the fire like did knowing that you won a pretty tough competition but knowing like all right that's not it you want yeah. the next thing is that what was yeah, going was, through your head I, that weekend like you were telling me you told me like okay don't be don't be hard on yourself because you know that's just like not where you want to get your motivation from like you know that's like a, a fire that will eventually die down like immediately when i watched adcc i was like dang it i was like i'm not out there i was like i'm such a failure like i was like i just want this but that's not enough i should be out there winning that so i was like i was like really happy because i was like okay i won this but now i can look forward to that i was like that's the goal I was like, but man, you should be out there, Andrew. So make sure you're out there next time. Um, so, you know, it's, it was a great experience because I was, I'm able to use that wanting to be out there so much to make, like ensure that I'm out there next time. Um, so I'm going to be doing everything in my possible might. Um, you know, just my might is not enough. So, you know, God willing, you know, he's my strength and my fortress. So everything from here on out, just everything, I can to make it to ADCC in, in two years. Um, that would that would just be a dream come true. So uh, I'm gonna make it happen. Uh, I'm speaking it right now. I'm gonna be there. So let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I I told this to your brother, and I I meant every word of it when I said it to him there, which was we were just so happy to see him get that win to qualify for it. Him, mm -hmm. Keith, a lot of those guys who are workhorses. You're following that trajectory as well. And, you know, I think the fun part about you and your brother is you're both still at an age where we haven't seen your best jujitsu yet. We're, we're seeing peaks into where it's going and it's really fun where it is. So the fact that you've already got rivalries with really good competitors that like keep you honest and keep you up there, that's dope too. So it, it's a very much something that I wanted to acknowledge here because stranger things have happened. We've seen people 
speak things into existence on my shows before, and then majorly they end up there. But in particular, right. oh, stop right there. Okay. I'm going to be at ADCCs. I'm speaking that it's going to happen. We spoke it on your show. Let's go. It's going to happen. It's just that stranger <laughs> things going to happen, man. It, it is. And again, man, I've, I've seen it happen. I've known people who come in and, and all things considered make it happen in what they do. Um, so that is what we're excited about. Before we start to wrap things up, tell me just a little bit about Emerald City because, you know, you go from one extreme to another. You seem to like being paired up against giants. So this is no unusual thing for you. But tell me about this opportunity and why you're excited about it. Well, um, the reason I'm so excited for it because – I'm going in there with the mindset of I'm going to win this thing. Um, EBI overtime is my rule set. You know, um, I there's going to be some really good guys in there. There's a guy in there that literally just submitted Cyborg in like 15 seconds. There's a guy in there that, you know, Juan destroyed everybody at trials um, and barely lost to Victor Hugo. Um, there's a guy in there that submitted everybody at trials, lost his first match at ADCC, barely to Mason Fowler. Um, so there's a lot of good guys in there already. Um, and there's still four more spots open, which are already filled, I was told, but they haven't released it yet. So um, my mindset going into this Emerald City is um, I'm going to win this. And it's not, a, it's not a matter of a doubt, like, okay, I'm smaller. These guys are bigger. That's an excuse for losing. Like, no, I'm not giving myself excuses on if I lose or not. This is a tournament – and I'm in there because I know I can win. I wouldn't have signed up if I if I didn't. So um, I'm going to beat everyone in that division. It's going to be – I know this. I'll speak this. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very, very tough. Um, it's going to be probably the toughest tournament I've done yet in my life. So um, I'm ready for that. And from here on out, I have one month, a little bit over, like one month and like four days until I fight. Um, sorry, one month and five days. Yeah, yeah, one month and five days until I fight. So I'm going to be counting down the days every single day. I'm going to be trained super hard. And, you know, I'm going to win this thing. So I'm excited. And, but, you know, the mindset is also, like, if I lose, it's a win-win for me because I'm the smallest guy in there. So um, if from what I'm told, I'm the smallest guy. So, um, but like I said, that's not an excuse to lose. I'm going to win it. So I'm super excited. <laughs> As you should be, young man. And listen, I I can't say enough good things about what you've done so far. Um, good attitude, fun seeing you do well. Nobody was happier than myself and a few of the people who I saw Thank who you, bro. Uh, when they saw that you won, and then the way that you did, we were like, you know what? He's making a statement. He's making a good statement for where his jujitsu is right now. Very exciting to see things that are going to be uh, coming down your way very soon. So, uh, you know, we're watching, we're rooting for you, we're excited. And, uh, you know, I mean, all things aside, you know, from the who's next stuff, it's fine. It's fine. I understand that you're anti-old people or or people who are normal age. Okay, if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, I've yeah. really never had friends my own age. Um, because at, from like six years old, I was in the jiu-jitsu gym. I was homeschooled. So 
I never had friends my own age around the block. Like I had a couple of them, but they were never like serious, like sleepover. Like I, I've never done a sleepover in my life. So I've never had that close of a friend my age to where I, you know, had that opportunity to go like sleepover and stuff like that. It's always been like 30 year olds, 25 year olds, like 45 year olds, 50 year olds that are like my friends that like I hang out with at the gym with. Um, so I freaking love older people. The The biggest reason why is because they have so much more knowledge than I do because they've been through situations that I'm about to go through, that I'm going through, and that I don't go through for another 20, 15, 10 years. So they have just so much more knowledge and, and life skills over me. Um, so that's why they're such good friends because they're more advice givers and they're more, you know, always trying to help me out rather than help us help each other out. Because if you're friends with someone your own age, you're like, okay, how can we get through this? And they're just like, bro, I know how you can get through that. So that's why I like older people so much. Um, and that's why I was teasing Cool Rack because I know older guys so much because they've always been my friends. So I knew what annoyed them. Um, he was going bald a little bit. So I had to point out that like that's a, a, a man's, a man's, like, I know this because I've had uh, older people tell me this, a man's like biggest thing that like their insecurities is having a big belly, going bald and um, small calves. Um, so, <laughs> so, I, so I was just, I knew that going into it. So I had to like try to, yeah, he was the perfect target. Okay. Like he was the perfect target. Like everybody else in the show was like, it would have been pretty hard. Like Renee, you can't make fun of him. He's the nicest guy in the world. Isaac, he's just, you make fun of him, he's going to beat you up. So, like, you can't really make fun of him. Kyle Chambers, he's just a cool dude. Like, he's kind of just, like, gangster cool. Like, you can't really make fun of that. I didn't want to make fun of Big Dan because I felt like he would have murdered me in my sleep. So, when I started smack-talking him, like, when we were leading up to our fight, I was sleeping with my eyes open. Like, I was, I was like, bro, I was so afraid when I was smack-talking him and stuff. Um, What else? Um, Let's see. Who else was on the show? Oh, um, uh, Adam Bradley, poor guy, bro. He had like a broken wrist. He got so beat up. It was more just all us trying to be nice to him because we felt so bad for him. Like he was so beat up, bro. He was like the next, the day after his fight, he was just like, uh, I was just like, man, are you okay? And he's just like, oh man. He's like, I'm so glad I'm on the show. Like he, he was just so tired. Um, and I was like, you looking forward to your next fight? He's like, I'm probably going to lose. And I was like, no, man, don't think that. He's like, but my wrist is like, I can't move it at all. And I was like, oh, bro. So I couldn't tease him because poor guy. And um, so, yeah, it, it narrowed down to to uh, Kurak. It, that's the guy that he, he just was the easiest target. OK, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody out there that is older than me. I don't dislike you. It's just you guys are easy targets. OK, <laughs> I like that the. PR rehabilitation tour is like, I love old people. They've been around. I have, I have like five old friends. Raph, come on, man. Some of my best friends are old people. It's okay. I understand. I understand, young man. I'm just letting you know one day, this isn't even a curse. This isn't like a thing that like I'm doing to you. It's just one day you're going to be old and you don't know when it happens, but when it happens, no one tells you or prepares you. It's sort of like, on a dumb level, we've been doing our verbal tap for 10 years now. And so we what? have, a, yeah. So we That's have people, I, okay. we have people who've been listening to our show for years 
And when I'm on other people's shows who are just starting or I contact them and I say, come on our show, they're like, man, I was like in sixth grade when I would listen to your show. And I was like, wait, oh, oh, no. How old are we now? And they're like, yeah, man, you guys are some OGs in the game. And I go, yeah, nobody told me we were old. It just happened. So you you don't know yeah. when it happens. It just kind of happens. And the I worst mean, part last, is when we did- in jiu-jitsu – you age like dog years. So what yeah. ends up happening is at about probably about 27, you're going to feel like, damn, dude, I'm, I'm a little old. Yeah. 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 No, I, I know that's coming because um, when we did our first interview, um, it, I w- it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 16. Um, and I like just turned 16. So I just got my license. Like I was just starting to drive. Um, and, you know, our whole talk was like, what are you doing for your future? Like, what are you going to do? You going to college, just college route. Like, what are you, what's your future? Um, and like three years fast forward, we should still be having that same talk. But like, it's three years. That's a long time. Like that three years have gone by so fast. Like I remember exactly where we did our interview. I remember the, exactly what happened. I remember how I put my phone, I put my phone, you know, you know, in the window curtains, like how you screw them on and they kind of like shut like this. I put my phone in between them so it would like stay stable. Um, and then I used like the natural lighting as my lighting. Like, <laughs> I remember everything from that day. And to think that was three years ago, like that's crazy. Um, I remember teaching kids in the kids classes. I've been teaching kids class now for five years since I was like 14. Um, and I remember teaching this one kid. Her name is Oshi. She's been training now for five years. She started when she was four. She is now quick math nine. Um, so it's been crazy um, because I've just seen her grow up. I remember being such a small little girl, and now she's this yellow white belt, and she's, like, amazing. Like She's super good. Um, and, like, I, I saw an old picture of, like, us the other day where I was, like, sitting next to her, and I was, like, showing her something. And I was like, wow, I look young. She looks like a baby. I was like, dang, bro, that was that's crazy. I was only, like. That was five years ago. I remember that. Like that was like a year ago. Like yeah. So I get the I get the the thing of time flies. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So I can only imagine. And like soon I'm gonna be like 26. I'm going to be you know probably let's see what would I probably be doing by 26. I'm probably gonna be chilling down a little bit from competing. I'm going to be probably working towards owning my own business owning my own gym if that's someplace I want to go unless I'm doing online or you know but I know by then I'm going to be in a part of my life where I'm not trying to let my you know attributes show more let my smarts show so man but probably when I get 26 I'm probably gonna be like wow sorry it's already been seven years what the heck like so man I mean here's the good news we I'm sure we're gonna be doing this again uh, it's probably yeah. sooner than later, given the fact that you keep winning stuff. But I am very excited to see what things are coming. And the nice part is having some perspective outside of what you see for yourself. Because one yeah. thing is hard is when you're in the moment, sometimes you see uh, a certain interpretation or you see a certain thing. And then other people see it in a different way. And especially those of us yeah. who have been around for a while, it's like, oh, he doesn't know what's going to happen yet. Interesting. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you see good sure. things happening. Uh, sometimes sure. in a little more clear way than sometimes the person who is doing it or manifests it. So it is fun watching from the sidelines and, and enjoying that. Andrew, 
it is a great, great, great opportunity to get to catch up, man. Again, so proud of you, so happy, and uh, I'm already looking forward to seeing you compete at that Emerald City. And I know you've got other stuff that probably is in the works for the end of the year, so we're already excited to see that. But I want to give you an opportunity to shout out anybody you wanted to that helped you uh, get the win at ADCC Open. Anybody that you wanted to say thank you to, uh, I'm just going to put the camera on you, and you can go ahead and do it. Um, I want to say thank you, um, Bigestly. I know you guys – I don't, I don't want to like be that person that overdoes this because it's going to annoy some people, but it's just who I am. So I have to put it out there. I just want to say thank you to, you know, my God, um, Lord Jesus Christ. People may not believe him. People may believe him. I don't want to offend you if you don't, but I do. And, you know, he, he helped me through that, that tournament and helped, helped me prepare for it. Um, secondly, I just want to say thank you to my team and my family. Um, man, I, like I said, they – when I'm down and when I'm not feeling right, they're in the back. They're in the back saying, "Andrew, get up. Andrew, work. Andrew, do this." And I, I just, I couldn't do it without them. Um, I want to say thank you to my sponsors, Level Black, um, Ride or Die Level Black. Let's go. So, um, you know, you guys are the best. You guys helps and support me so much. Um, I want to say thank you to Brazilian Fight Factory. You guys have been there from the beginning. You guys, you know, helped me through it. Years to come. Let's see what we do. I'm excited. And lastly, Jocko Fuel. Thank you to Jocko Fuel. Your protein shakes helped me all day during that tournament, man. Not everybody had access to their protein shakes, only the competitors. So I was going back there all day. I drank probably 80 protein shakes. Um, and you know what that does to your digestive system. It's not good. So um, thank you to Jocko Fuel. You guys helped me through it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, let's go. Well. Thanks much for uh, coming on the show, man. I'm going to do a quick little closing bit, and then I'll say bye to you off air. But again, much appreciation to you. Big congrats, kid. Did you wait? Did Thank you me. just flex your way out of the interview? Yeah. Like, wait, wait, did you did you end it yet? No, I haven't ended. I, I'm also going to uh, say dude. goodbye on right, well, off air in a second. But well, I just well, don't know I'll, I'll why. Flex when you no, but what was the need to flex at the end of the interview? There's no necessary reason to do that. There's, there's always a time to flex. You want to know why? Why? Because you got to be pumped up. Like if you're not pumped up, man, you're just – you're taking life too slowly. Like it's good to take – go at life slowly busy and you think about things and, you know, you're a lot older than me so you're probably, you have no idea what you're talking about. But like I go at life, you know, I, I just try and go as fast as possible and, you know, when I need to think about things, I do because it's smart to think. But, you know, flexing is just my way of pumping up, you know. I've been lifting a lot lately, so we're flexing, okay? That's, but that's but we're ending do. the interview, so there's nothing to, to like get hyped about. Well, we're, we're I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go work out right now. Like, no, you, go you should not work out anymore. It's too late. You already worked out today. Oof, I work out a lot, though. Oh God. Okay. I, listen. Well, I, I I have tomorrow Sunday. I'm doing nothing. That's like my okay. complete rest day. Like okay. what? That's my doing nothing day. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this thing. I'm gonna say goodbye to you out okay. there. Appreciate right, you, kid. Can I flex real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I'm not. You, you took away the vibe. What do you mean? I took it away. It's not anything different. <laughs> <laughs> I thought right. there was always a time I'm, to flex. I, I thought that throw, was the whole. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw this. That's fine. Time. Yes. All right. All See, right. Love you guys. You guys Appreciate are the best. You. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to add us at Grappling Hour at YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, all of those. Become a member and you will see these interviews 30 days before everybody else. And 
our exclusive content behind our paywall. And you can go find that at high.page backslash grappling hour. More importantly, I appreciate you guys. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats.